And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Winter Lake is a satanic philosopher with a background in philosophy and quantum physics. He is a black magic practitioner, has published 11 books on the subject, another one coming. Winter has released 22 tarot decks and is the founder of the Sanctum in the Morning Star, which is an international symposium of occultists dedicated to the search of Luciferian being. Lake's singular premise within his satanic philosophy is that the Luciferian inalienable truth that all men are created evil. Interesting. Winter, welcome back. Eight years. How have you been? I know. Eight years, George. You're amazing. Where does the time fly? I, I I don't know. I'm amazed at eight years, and I feel good, and you look great and are doing well and carrying on, and your willpower is amazing. Well, thank you, my friend. We've got a I lot to talk about you. tonight. I mean, I commend you. Yes, we do. Now, you're going to take some, you're going to get some calls from our listeners who probably will be upset because you are a satanic practitioner. But I want to take this time for you to explain what it is, why you do what you do, and we'll get into that all the time. I mean, because knowing you, you're a nice guy. I am. I'm down to earth. Um, I'm very much in the Hindu path of releasing the I, where I have no ego, which is quite the opposite of a lot of uh, uh, so-called satanic practitioners. They're very much pretentious. They think they're better than everyone else. They can't socialize and so on. I'm very much a businessman. I'm extremely real, and I keep it that way. Uh, my path uh, is not for everyone, and I don't go around wearing it on my sleeve. I don't go around trying to uh, bring others into the path. It is a path that is found. For me, yes, I believe that all men are created evil, I think there are variations of this evil, though, very very hierarchical, whether it's lawful evil, those that are bound by the law, or those that are barbaric, very much like the ISIS groups or groups that seek out to just do harm to others because yeah. they can. They, you know, people that hurt animals, people that, you know, like just barbarism. That is something that is not, I don't truck with. And I think you know this well, we've discussed it, but I just want to emphasize that to, for listeners to realize that you're not dealing with a crazy person. I've, I've gotten very intellectual. I'm philosopher and uh, quantum physics individual, and I look at things on multi-level situations. Let's talk about Lucifer. Who is Lucifer as far as you're concerned? Well, you know, a name is a name, and Lucifer is energy which is the dark matter cosmic of our universe. That is what I call it. You could call it God. You could call it cosmicism. You could call it anything. But really, it's for me, what taps me with it is the innate evil of that darkness. When you touch into it, it's not what I would feel, which is the construct of good. There is very much an evil there, a force of power of darkness. So I choose to call it Lucifer. Now, I don't worship it. I'm at one with it. And other practitioners like myself are at one. We don't bow down. But it's not really even carrying on self-worship. It's, it's beyond that. And that is why I started the Sanctum of the Morning Star to seek out more Luciferian being. But it's very cosmic, George. Lucifer for me is 
is a sacred name, very much similar to Satan. These names are sacred. You know, I don't go around calling it out all the time and so on and so on. People wear it on the sleeve and they look at it as, as like, oh, Satan is this monster in the closet or mm-hmm. ghost under the bed or so on. And actually, it's not that at all. It's a vibration that you can attune with and flow with, and an immense amount of amazing things can come from it. If you go back and reread the Bible based on what they say about Satan and Lucifer, it gives you a different impression of how you believe. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, biblically, Lucifer is the evil spirit that came into the garden and you know, espouse knowledge, and from that knowledge, God cast out humanity. You know, no, I don't think that's it at all. You know, biblically, these are stories which can be kind of bloodthirsty. You know, the Bible is a very bloodthirsty doctrine, but I don't go around slamming it. I don't go around slamming it. I take it as, you know, a testament of human knowledge and a testament to what humans are capable of and what has happened as a record. You know, a lot of other satanic supposed practitioners or so on, they go around and they're like bashing Christ or this and that, and they're stuck on that. That way beyond all that. And most others at this point in our society, which is like witchcraft is everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. Satanism is everywhere. Practitioners are everywhere. Um, you know, they're, they're moving beyond that, that concept as well. But the Bible, it, it, is a, it is a very interesting doctrine. But the stating that Lucifer, you know, cast out from the light as an angel and so on and so on, these are kind of just tales to be told that come out from actually some pre-doctrines uh, from the Roman Empire. Because the, even the word Lucifer comes from Lucifer, which is uh, in the Latin and in the Roman. And there are many now who are even beginning to take the position that there isn't even a hell. And if there's no hell, there may be no Satan. Correct. There, there, you know, there may be a hell dimension. There may be. Mm-hmm. In the quantum, finite, you know, infinity of what we're dealing with, there may be. But I doubt it. I think once the lights go out here, they come on instantaneously somewhere else and in something else. There is no end. Um, if you're a remote viewer, you can really perceive this as well. And I know, well, I'm not talking in general to you, George, but I mean in general, people that are using, which is what in medieval times known as clairvoyance or clairaudience, you can perceive and see that we are in an endless chain and a cycle of life and death and life and death. And it's, it's beyond reincarnation as well. There's there's a method to it, an order, a satanic order, in my opinion. Winter Lake with us. His websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. His books are all listed there, and we're going to talk about his uh, Sanctum of the Morning Star a little bit later on tonight as well. What does evil mean to you? What is your definition of that word? Evil is the nature of man. We are inherently evil. I know it's shocking or to be like this person is crazy. Uh, I feel that good is a construct, and evil is contained through the bounds of law. Uh, as a humanity, we are not good. We want to be good, and we want to aspire to do good things. That doesn't mean that we're going to break the bounds of law. 
if you break the bounds of law, they are in place to constrain the beast. You know, we're like a centaur. We're part human and part beast. And we have this beast side of us. And we don't know why we have it, but it has to be controlled. And we control it through law. We control it through the constraints of the shackles that that brings. You know, you can't go out and hurt people. You can't stab people on train platforms. You can't just take from people, you know. And this is done because, you know, we have law. Now, if we remove the bounds of law, then we have the beast unleashed. We have, there is no constraints. We can do what we want. We can go and burn Christians in cages. We can throw people off buildings. We can, you know, go rapine, be ISIS, you know, and I, I despise all that. I'm into very much an advanced civilization that wants to escape this type one philosophy because we are on a crash course to going there, which other civilizations have quickly gone and we're on the precipice, in, especially within 2030 as we approach it, we could be in for a golden era, you know, and, and amazing, you know, self-driving farm equipment or, you know, AI robots or, you know, you know flying cars. Those are where I want to go. I want to go into a super science future of amazing astonishment where mankind is free from the from the bounds of terrestrial thinking. However, that darkness, that barbaric evil is very much in the background. And once that gets a hold of us, we're going to be possibly, it's a 50-50 chance at this point. But, you know, we can either advance forward and march forward into a lawful evil space, or we can regress back into the barbarism, the barbaric evil space. And when you say evil is inherent in the humankind, when the little baby's born, it's got to be as innocent as they come, right? Yes, I mean, it's beautiful, and that's wonderful. But unfortunately, through the societal situation, it advances itself and realizes that it is has these uh, innate darkness within it. At what age do you think that happens? Happens about six years old. That's it, huh? My gosh. Yeah, there's a lot of psychopathy starts to reveal itself. Um, a lot of things psychologically occur. The child may harm animals or do things to other people. Um, there are things that just occur, and children, they just carry out these very dark urges. Now, where are these impulses coming from? That's just like these people that are now suddenly hearing voices. You know, now I don't know. This is a whole nother thing that's occurring where general normal people begin to hear these voices and they're carrying out these nefarious, terrible things like, I need to murder all my children. You know, I mean, this kind of stuff I don't truck with as well, but it's a weird phenomenon. When you hear the word evil and people equate it with uh, satanic masses and things like that, does that? upset you no and that's a part of it i mean the satanic mass is carried on as an affirmation of our power and you know i'm not an atheist in this aspect i think that there is a dark power matter energy that is lucifer that is in in the you know a side of the entirety of the universe the cosmos 
No, it doesn't upset me at, at all. What upsets me is that they use it in inane names. Uh, you have groups that like use it for political purposes or to, you know, in some hollow sense of atheism. You know, that kind of stuff is really boring and. I don't really find that space, and a lot of people are, in, you know, found that deception. To me, that's just a deception. When you hear words like satanic sacrifices or it's a satanic murder, what does that mean to you? It happens. I'm not going to lie. A lot of other people would deny it. They would say, oh, no, you know, this, this kind of thing doesn't go on. It absolutely goes on. It's happening more and more. Would you prefer that it not happen? Well, I, I can't do anything about it. People are on their course, their crash course of doing it. It happens a lot, unfortunately, in Britain and in Europe. You don't hear about it. But sacrifice, for whatever reason, has been a part of our humanity for thousands of years, dating back into the Incas and so on, or even into other cultures. They just feel that if you take a life, that you gain some articulate power our crops will grow you know you know use the blood to bring forth new redemption all of this at this point in our society in 2023 is nonsense you don't need to kill an animal you don't need to hurt a goat you don't need to hurt a, a girl a human a man a baby we don't need to do any of this kind of stuff it's not what we need to do it's all mind it's all mental it's like an H.R. Giger painting. It's all in a very mental space. And uh, these other things are just very, again, in that barbaric space. And there are levels. It's, it's kind of strange. There's barbarism, then you evolve to the neutral, then you evolve to the chaotic, and then you evolve to the lawful. Now, it, sounded, it sounds like a role-playing game, but really these things were pre-role-playing games. They were, they were laid out by different... Um, philosophers like Spinoza or or any of them. I mean, and even Marcus Aurelius in Stoicism mm -hmm. speaks about the different levels of human behavior. Would you consider yourself more of an occultist? You know, I am an occultist. I am anything I want to be, George. I mean, I am a philosopher. I, I am a Satanist. I'm a Luciferian. You know, that, I'm just not limited. I'm just not. Others choose to limit themselves and put themselves in boxes. Well, when you say you're a Satanist, Winter, when you say, I'm a Satanist, I'm a Luciferian, what exactly does that mean to somebody? Well, to somebody else, it might mean this person is crazy or he has no way to socialize or he's off on his own, you know, off his rocker. Right. You know, because generally in the population, especially even 10 years ago, it would have been espoused that way. But now, people everywhere are, you know, more into Halloween than they are Christmas. The church edict has really died. People are waking up to what I'm talking about and several other people that are into this path. It's really grown exponentially. But what it means to me is that, you know, these are the, the ultimate powers that rule in our universe. They're the, they're the energy, the synergy of the actual physical space of the cosmos itself and the dark matter. You know, space itself is made up of dark matter, and it stretches, and it goes out. And you can just unionize with it and fly with it and be one with it. Amazing. 
Is the religion of Wiccan the same as witchcraft? No. There are two different things. Witchcraft is, is interesting to me because they do follow into very much a ritualistic space, and from ritual a lot can come. Wiccan to me seems very empty, and it seems like a very much, let's just pat each other on the back and have sex. I know that's pretty, pretty. I'm not trying to slam them. I have nothing against other people. And, you know, per se, I mean, I have issues with Islam. But, you know, because Islam has issues with me, you know, they throw people off buildings, you know, if you're an infidel. Not to deviate too long, but they're big on anyone who's not into their Islamic thing, you know, you're, it's not good. They kill you. They, they killed a little girl who had a ripped up uh, Quran in her bag, you know. They stoned her to death. Jeez. But back to the Wiccan witchcraft debate, that's been going on since Garland. Um, it's, it's, you know, Garland was a, a witch who was mainly started it in, in Britain, and there was a splinter group, and they said, we're Wiccan, which is more like they believe that they were an evolved witchcraft and so on. But, you know, neither here nor there. They're, they're not bad. Whatever they believe, they're still nowhere near trying to infringe on other people's lives. You know, Crowley said, do what thou wilt, and so on and so on. You can to a point, but you don't want to, I don't, me personally, have no interest in, like, infringing on someone else's life. It's a waste of time. I don't want to tell people what to do. I don't want to rule the world. I don't want to rule the world. You know, I just want to go forth and be as powerful as I can and try to make it to what we spoke about years ago, the satanic singularity. Would you say that you're a happy person? I'm extremely happy. I'm extremely happy. I know that's crazy for others to hear, but I have a life of non-wants. I'm extremely well off. I do a lot of film. I work in the industry. Um, anyone interested in that, they can contact me. I mean, I'm just, I, I haven't had to do anything for years. I mean, I don't punch a clock. I don't, I don't, I just, this path is really uh, taken care hold, of. Hold on, Winter. We'll come back and chat more about your work. And then we want to talk about the sanctum of the morning star, what that is. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie, along with Winter Lake, will take calls with Winter next hour. Winter, the Sanctum of the Morning Star, what does that mean? Well, it's an organization that I have put together uh, that seeks Luciferian being. It is a physical place. I've bought several churches throughout the country. Uh, the headquarters are in Ohio, ironically, even though I'm in Chicago. And um, I'm renovating some of the other churches now. But I'm bringing it to the people. I'm bringing uh, the black mass to the people. I'm bringing a place of assembly to the people. So you're free to join. Uh, and it's, you know, a very active organization, very similar to a church. So you would have services. We would have events. Uh, our main event, uh, again, is going to be in April 30th, the Walpurgis Not Witches Night. Uh, we hold an annual event then where philosophers from all over the world I call them philosophers, satanic practitioners, of any of any ideology. It could be voodoo, it could be witchcraft, it could be anything. They come and assemble, and we have a, a meeting, and um, and that's basically what it is. You know, I I moved off the couch from just having 
a website to an actual physical structures where people can go. And um, I think it's it's an advantageous an advantageous thing for people, you know, that have never been able to interact with others. Are they members, proponents of you know vampirism and things like that? I'm sure there are. I mean, I have oh my members. Um, I mean, I have members that are, as I said, they're into voodoo and into heavy witchcraft and all kinds of stuff. So. You don't have to follow into line or follow this path in order to become a member of the Sanctum of the Morning Star. The main thing is is that there is a little bit of some vetting. Um, we we don't accept everybody. Uh, I don't accept, I'm going to say this, pedophiles or people that hurt animals or have a history of bad felonies and so on. But you're unique. You're unique with that. Not everybody thinks the way you do. I can't, I can't, I don't want it. I just don't want it. It's not, it doesn't, it does not advance our society. Uh, you know, and by the way, Jimmy Page is listening to us. He just messaged me. I met him through Kenneth Anger, who's now deceased. Um, but yes, the, the sanctum of the Morning Star is an evolved new thing, and it's not really been done before. There have, you know, the Church of Satan had one officiating place. I'm not trying to model off that because they were atheistic. I actually knew LeVay when he was alive and so on as well. But, you know, this is more moving it into like there's a church in my community, you know, where I can go. And I call it church. But really, it's a sanctum, you know, and it's not getting there yet. I have three or four. I want to get more. But, you know, it's 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 beginning and we'll see. It's an experiment. You know, everything is is in this kind of thing is very much in flux. And you see how it goes. I don't I don't uh, have any doubt that it will be successful by what I have already seen. So that's what I'm hoping for it, you know, and I've got it on my website and you can see the headquarters and see some pictures of what it is. I generally like a lot of antiquity. These things are very expensive and so on, but they're all paid off. And we are in registered with the United States government as a non-taxable organization and so on. Jimmy Page, by the way, is the founder of the uh, group Led Zeppelin, and he's quite a musician, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he just messaged me. He's like, he's listening um, I met him through Kenneth Anger. He owned the uh, a house that Aleister Crowley used to live in, and he's very reclusive, uh, and he rarely speaks to me. I've, I'm shocked. I just thought I'd mention it. a little shout-out to that, um, because it's not like him and I are like buds or something. We're not. I mean, I don't see him on the daily or even speak with him on you know the whatever. But Kenneth Anger I did before he died, and Kenneth Anger... Uh, was heavily invested um, in filmmaking and so on, and heavily invested into Luciferian craft. And before he died, he wrote a lot of my forewords for my books, uh, especially you know some of the past few you know over the past eight years or so on. And he actually he wrote the foreword for this upcoming book that I have. So you know him and I were kind of tight in that regards, and he was in Los Angeles in an old folks' home. Uh, died penniless, unfortunately. But, you know, that's just how some of these things happen. Yeah, tell us about Tomb of the Infinite uh, Darkness. When does that come out? Yes, it's out of New York. Knopf and McCauley are working on it. 
there I think it's a head scratcher for them because it contains a lot of Latin and spells they can't understand. I don't think they've ever really released a spell book, and that's what this is. The Tome of Infinite Darkness is a spell book, and it's it's delving into everything, all the knowledge of the thousands of years that I have delved into. This is my, like, magnifique. You know, this is like the book of, like, books, you know. And it's, it's a build-up, you know, and it's, like, got all my philosophy in it as well as all my influences from Lord Byron to Ada Lovelace, who was his daughter who invented the first uh, algorithm in a computer that didn't even exist, to, you know, Dashwood, to Countess Bathory, you know, some of her works and so on. So there's just so much in there. And it'll be interesting if they if they actually put it out. Um, I hope they do, but they're having a hard time, you know, with it, under comprehending it. You know, it's not just a book that you can put into an editing AI and have it figured out because it's not going to understand what, uh, you know, Accountus Inversus Mysticarum means, you know. So, I mean, these words are magic words, like nefrikata and so Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, they're not going to be understood. Tell me about your tarot card decks. Well, I've got 22 of them, and I'm, I'm working on another one. I work on them all the time. Are they all different? They're all different. The Hieronymus Bosch one is really interesting. I have one on Witchcraft Couture, which is very sexy. Um, I have a lot um, of them, and they're all different, and they're from different eras of time. But I can tell you, George, they all work in the system. They're not just like picture cards that you can just like play with. And well, you can if you want, I guess. But to be honest, I, I develop them when they call to me. There's like a synchrony to it. It's quantum physics and quantum entanglement at this point with the tarot and me. It's a tool. It's like a, it's like a carpenter who uses a hammer. These are just like the the tarot and me are like one, you know. But I have no ego about it. I don't go, oh, like you know, I got the big balls and blah blah. No, this is like a very much a, a it, like in the middle of the night, I'll see the the tarot card flash in my mind, and I must get up and draw it, or I must inscribe it. It's very much like runes, you know. Like when you in the runic tabloid, you would you know visualize the Issa rune and it would vibrate in front of you and it would take you into gateways and so on. That is very much what the tarot is to me now. So I've released 22 decks. Amazon has put them all out. Wow, they're all available. It's shocking. Yeah, he's way into it. Um, and my bestseller is the Tarot of the Black Arts, which is very satanic it has very visual a lot of color to it um and it it really tells really accurate tales like it really is very specific and it goes through all time whether it's past and future and so on i actually did a tarot reading earlier whether someone was murdered or not and they weren't it was an accidental gunshot thing amazing do you when you are perform do you do curses on people? I have. I'm not a saint. Yes, I have. I remove them as well. But yes, I have cursed people. Um, people pay me to curse people. If I find that they're not petty and they're worthwhile, yes, I will. 
you know, there's got to be a leveling of the field. People get screwed over all the time, and sometimes they don't get the right kind of vengeance or redemption. Do you do you curse people to hurt them physically? Well, George, I've always been honest with you. And yes, yeah. you have. Um, I have. I, I never would have thought you would have done that. I know, but, you know, to be honest, I don't go around just cursing like, you know, hey, I hate you, blah, blah, we're going to have some petty nonsense. I curse people that have really gone overboard, okay? There are people that are cursing people themselves or have taken action against others who are really not good people. I was going to say, do you curse what we would call evil people? Yes, of course. There's, you know, evil people are not, you know, they're, they're going out of their way. If they're barbaric and you have some jerk who killed a woman's cat because he, you couldn't get back at her, that's the kind of stuff that goes on. You know, and it, it escalates from there, George. Right? I don't want to creep the show out. But no, I get it. it I get get, it. The human nature is awful. You know, I've spent a lot of time in Mexico. And, you know, I think Mexico at this point needs to just be a part of the United States. But um, it's not a good, it's not a good thing, man. You know, but I don't go around just cursing people because I want to. There's a very much a set parameters of to what and again other people would admit this they want watered down nonsense they want things that are going to tell them what they want to hear or maybe a feel-good thing you know i'm just uh, i'm just being uh, very real do your curses work yes they do george they've they've worked since i was in high school and and what do you attribute to that Force projection and mental power. And with enough of it, and with ritual and repetitiveness, and if you know certain words, and if you know how to, how to activate certain things, things will push your way. And yeah, that car will fail. That accident will happen. That person will find mishaps. There is unlucky things that can go on, and they can be forced to happen. Yes, indeed. I mean, the Egyptians were master curse makers, and they did a lot of cursing on people they couldn't get to, you know. But again, I don't go around just doing it to do it. But I do it on occasion. I have, but I banish curses too. I mean, there's a lot of people that are under curses that have just been so petty, you know. Billy broke up with me, so I, I cursed him and his whole family, you know. Oh, my gosh. That stuff is so nonsense to me. But it works for some people, doesn't it? It does, George. It works. I mean, the luck is going to turn. The eight-foot demon is going to appear in your room. You're going to get strangled in your bed. You're going to get dragged into the closet. You know, I mean, hmm. you, you may not recover. I mean, hag syndrome is real. Sleep paralysis is real. I mean, and a lot of it is due to other force projection. And it's the universe is infinite. And when you have an infinite amount of space, you have an infinite amount of possibility. So it can come out of any mirror, it can come out of any space, and it's ready to attack. Winter, when you made the decision to become a Satanist, the Luciferian, what was the point that changed you? Well, it was in looking at, and I didn't really have 
a big, heavy Christian indoctrination or anything like that. Were you a believer in God when you were a kid? I did at one time. I believed that God was really amazing, you know. I thought it was a little vague, even as a child, to use the word God. I was like, this is kind of a vague word to say for something so omnipresent and omniscient. And so I looked at it, and um, I just found that it, I didn't, it didn't work right with me. You know, there was, you know, I looked at it from the biblical sense. You know, they said that Jesus, you know, not they, but in the writings it's inscribed, Jesus first risen from the dead, but he wasn't. You know, it was Lazarus who was really the first risen through his right. necromantic powers. So there were a lot of contradictions that just didn't add up for me. So I just, the past found me and it just pulled me right in. That's kind of how it, and it happened at five years old. So Five years old? Yeah, I was five years old reading the Bible and doing tarot cards. And I was making my own tarot cards. What did your parents say to you at the time? Um, I kept it secret, George. I, they didn't know anything about it. So Did you tell your friends? Um, not really. Not really. This was secret stuff. Yeah, never what, heard anything, though. Never, never, I always, I never went around killing animals or any of that nonsense or showed psychopathic shit. That was uh, 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 okay. I'm sorry about that, sir. Okay. Sorry. Uh, no, I understand. I understand. And we uh, took care but of Yeah, that. I never showed that psychopathy so at what age did you really start to magnify these abilities at about 13 oh so you were still a kid yeah i was 13 did you have a did you have a teacher no i just read a lot at the library studied what i could find it was in the you know late 80s um I was having alien activity. I was taking radios apart, and I was just really a different type of kid. You are a believer in extraterrestrial life, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely, and this is you can tap into that, and that that's part of it, too. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. That's a, that extraterrestrial life exists, and it's cosmic, and... Uh, you know, you can tap into that. You can reach your mind to that. Do you believe in angels? Don't. I used to. I don't even call them angels anymore. But, however, I have seen some things where there's been weird mystical intervention on people. But, no, not anymore. I don't. But you believe in miracles, I bet, then. Well, I've seen some. I don't know. Humans are in a capacity to do great things. As long as they can focus, and it's amazing what the mind can do. You know, lift up several tons of steel when their child is under it and so on. These things happen. I don't know. As I said before, in an infinite amount of space, you have an infinite amount of possibility, and we are just scratching the surface. We truly are. Where do we get your books? You can find them mostly on Amazon.com. That's basically where they are. He's uh, really put them all out for me, and they're available. He publishes them. You can get them really quick, and uh, I have a lot of them. So, The Internet is amazing for some things, isn't it? It is. It is. It's amazing for some things, but it also isolates, too. It's weird. 
It really is. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back with Winter Lake and take phone calls with him next hour here on Coast to Coast. So jump aboard, give us your thoughts. And we're talking with him about his belief system of Lucifer and Satan. And uh, whether you agree or not, uh, do it in a civil matter, folks, if I can. And uh, his website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com, winterlake.com, L-A-A-K-E.com. 